Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Limitless Living. This is Keela Howard, your host today. And this should have been my first podcast, in retrospect, because a lot of you listening don't know who I am. So that's what this episode is all about. Who is this Keela Howard and what is this Limitless Living and Limitless Like Me? What the heck is that? I don't even know where to start. We can start with me. <laughs> yes, I'm Keila Howard. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I have raised three successful grown men that I'm so, so proud of. Uh, yes, so proud of them. I have four grandchildren by my first son and his wife. I am obsessed with them. If you ever hear people talk about parents treating the grandchildren differently than they treated the children. Well, yeah, that's a whole nother relationship and it's a different type of relationship. So of course parents are going to treat their grandchildren differently than they treat their children. We can give the grandkids back, (laughs) but we really don't want to sometimes. That's the honest to God truth. That's the honest to God truth. So why now? Why? So, Limitless Living is the podcast that had been living in my head for a few years. I think this podcast had been living in my head since 2000, I want to say 13, 14, might have been before 13. It's, it's been living in my head for a while. And I just, just decided, open up that throat chakra, Mrs. Howard, and put it out there. And that's what this is. My throat chakra is open to put it out there. <laughs> open to receive and to give it's good to receive and it's good to give um and basically who am i well again wife mother grandmother mathematician yes i got a math degree from the university of south carolina a million years ago my minor was computer science when i first went to school i thought i wanted to be a school teacher and i think i thought i wanted to teach High school, I believe. I think that's what it was. I was going to teach high school math. But, yeah, once I got to University of South Carolina, because I went to a couple other schools before that. I went to Prince George's Community College in Maryland. I went to University of Maryland. And I took one class at University of Nebraska in Omaha. And that was the very last class I took before I could graduate. And I got all my credits transferred to University of South Carolina. But once I got there and I saw how many classes I had to take to become a teacher, and I saw the salary of teachers, I was like, dang, the education to become a teacher costs more than it pays to be a teacher in my mindset back then. Uh, That's all I knew back then. I was like, wow, this is a lot. I had to take a lot more classes as an education major with who wanted to teach math than just as a straight up math major. And part of the reason why I didn't initially go into education as well, when I took my very first computer science class at the University of South Carolina, I had a fucking ball. Oh my goodness, it was so much fun. I was like, oh... I like this. Let's do it again. So I made computer science my minor. I left the education field altogether. Now, mind you, when you're in, when you want to major in 
education of any type, you have to take these tests. And I scored, uh, I want to say perfect scores on all the math sections of all the tests. Um, But I just didn't go that route. The computer science was the one that got me. Uh, So I took the first computer science class, fell in love, took a second computer science class. It's like, okay, okay, I, I see you. Little did I know, I didn't know really that so I was an older student, by the way. I was I was still in my 20s when I went to the University of South Carolina, but I was still older than the 19, 18-year-olds, 18, 19-year-olds. They had had computer science in high school. My high school didn't have any programming classes at all when I went to high school. So I was a little bit jealous. I was like, you took this in high school? And little did I know the programming languages that we were using, some of them were like not being used anymore. Fortran, Pascal. Pascal was a language I learned to program in initially. Then we got to C, and we even had a programming language called G, as in good goodness. Good girl, good good googly moogly. That G. G++ was one of the languages that they tried to (laughs) make us code something in. I think it was a data structures class I had, and we had to use G++. Yeah. They, they didn't teach us the language. They were just like, you figure out the language and you do the homework assignment in this language. <laughs> so, you know, didn't teach us Fortran, didn't teach us Pascal, didn't teach us Assembler. We had to figure that shit out on our own. And we did pretty good. Yeah, I think I, I did pretty good. And then when I went um, to the school co-op office, because I was looking for a job while I was still in school, they hooked me up with the company that was a software development company basically it was software development and they provided hardware server services to other companies and they hired me to debug their code their c++ code so i would debug the c++ code and then right around that time html became popular and that was when the World Wide Web was brand spanking new and people were going to websites and businesses were having websites and everybody was a webmaster or a webmistress. And of course, I became a webmistress. I made their first uh, website for that company. I think it was the only website because that company did not stay around long. But I had so much fun with HTML and I wrote my HTML in an editor called VI. If anybody's listening and if they've ever heard of VI, yeah, I wrote all my HTML in VI. I think we did a lot of things in VI. I was a text editor of choice at the time. Um, Yeah, and because I had been doing that and learning HTML on the job, having a ball, they selected me to go teach a course called HTML on HTTP platforms because these servers that we were using were HP servers and I went all the way to Wilmington, North Carolina, did a presentation on H on HTML on HP platforms. Thought I was hot stuff. <laughs> Back then I thought I was hot stuff. I'm like, oh I'm going, I'm going to Wilmington, I'm gonna teach this. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was just nothing for me to be selected to go teach something. And be like, okay, yeah. And I really wasn't thinking I was hot stuff. It was just nothing because it just happened. You know, we're going to get Kilo to do it. We're going to get Kilo to do it. So, long story shorter, I spent 25 years 
in the web development, software development space. Um, I worked for the Air Force Weather Agency. I worked on projects that developed online. It was software for pilots to go and create their flight plans online. It was the website that they could create their web, their flight plans. Uh, and at that time, I had become a team leader. I had team members on my team. I had a ge- geologist. No, 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 no. What's the people who do the weather? What's the we- meteorologist? So I had a meteorologist on my team because we had to determine what the weather was like at different altitudes. So that was when I learned that the weather and wind stream changes depending on the altitude where they are. So we had a geologist on the team to help determine uh, that piece of code for it. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, working at the Air Force Weather Agency, and I also worked on projects that read data from satellites and pushed data back, satellite data back to the planet or to us. <laughs> oh, those were the days. I worked at um, some state government agencies, South Carolina Department of Juvenile Justice. I was the very first software developer that they had hired programmer period so we took them from a mainframe system and gave them a web-based system which was the whole project was fun 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 we had a ball creating it um oh my goodness um I did testing on that project I wrote the risk assessment piece I interviewed so many people in the field I learned a lot about um juvenile justice and the law working there did work at the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources, which was another groundbreaking project because hydrologists and geologists at South Carolina Department of Natural Resources, all of their data was on paper or in Excel spreadsheets, most of it on paper. So the project I was on was taking the data from paper, scanning it, and putting it online in an Oracle database and I wrote the front end, the web development front end piece that was using ASP.net, not ASP.net, it was just .net and C-sharp.net. MVC, yeah, we were doing MVC.net. A lot of fun. I really, really, really enjoyed working on that particular project as well. You know, the work itself, like if you put me in a corner and have nobody bother me, I could write code all day. I really could. That's how I felt at the time. I could just write code all day. Um, the dealing with the people part at times was, eh, had me go, why did they come to work today? Can't you just let me write this code and stop coming in here asking me questions that has nothing to do with the project? <laughs> that was my attitude. Um, and then I also worked at an ad agency in Georgetown. Uh, I was the director of web development. I had a team of about 10 people reporting to me. Um, again, wonderful, wonderful experiences, wonderful experiences. And that was right around the time that I became disillusioned with writing software web development in corporate America, 
because in my mind and my vision and what I viewed at the time, it had just become too political for me. And it wasn't just a simple thing of we're going to write code and we're going to build something great. It was more of a, we had to deal with um, account managers telling the customer that they could have something the next day without discussing with us how long it's going to take to build it. You know, that's like you go into a new development, a new housing development, and you meet with the real estate agent and the real estate agent says, you can have your house next week. And they haven't even started building the house next week. You don't even know what house you want. They're just telling you, you can have your house next week. And the next week you show up and say, where's my house? Well, I didn't talk to the builder and the builder, I didn't know that the builder couldn't build a house in in a week. And I didn't know that the builder needed certain information from you. That kind of crazy stuff was going on and I was getting sick of it. Um, really, really sick of it. So it was time for me to change gears and do something different or do something that I had already, already always been doing. And the thing that I had always been doing was the thing that I didn't major in, in school, which was teaching people math. When I was in high school, I was really great at a lot of things. Um, my math teacher used to recommend me as a peer tutor to my classmates. And yeah, my classmates who were struggling with any type of, you know, geometry or algebra. I remember Mr. Reese was just saying, you should, so you should talk to Keila, y'all friends, right? And I, I remember my friends like, Miss Reese said you could help me with my geometry, my algebra, or this, that, and the other. I go, oh yeah, I can help you. Just come on to my house after school and when you get off work and we'll go over this together. And that's what I was doing. I did it in high school. I even kind of sort of did it in college. Now, the thing that that had me disillusioned in college was (sighs) that makes me want my money back and I want a refund because of it. I majored in math and math even though it's intuitive and easy for me, it's not always intuitive and easy for other people. Um, when I would, when I went into my very first classroom and the professor did not speak English, and I went to college in America, the professor did not speak English and he had a thick Russian accent. My head spun around like I was in the exorcist. Like, and I looked at everybody in the classroom and it wasn't much, many of us in there. And I, and I looked at everyone and I said, did you understand what he just said? And the look I got back was, no, did you understand what he just said? No. Looked, did you understand what he just said? No. Did anybody understand what this man just said? And none of us understood him, which is crazy. Cause it was a high level math class. It was one of those 500 level math classes I don't even remember the name, his name. It was some Russian name. And his English was horrible. He had the thickest accent ever. Uh, so at that point, everyone in the class is looking for the TA. Who is the TA? Do we have a TA? If we don't have a TA, I'm dropping this class today and taking it from someone who speaks English as their first language, not their third, fourth, or fifth language. <laughs> and I don't think, I don't remember we had a TA for that one, but I do remember... There was another math class I took in college, and that professor did not speak English as his first language. It might have been his third, fourth, or fifth language as well. And I think he was Asian, so he had a thick Asian accent. Uh, Beautiful part about that was 
our TA was the best. So we learned from the TA, the professor got the money. The TA just got whatever they give TAs. You know, he was a grad student who's helping undergrads with their classwork, helping undergrads understand. But the professor who was not American and not didn't speak English was the one that did it. Which is the other thing that brought me into the field of tutoring and teaching people like me because the entire time I was at the University of South Carolina, not one professor that I had looked like me. Not one. Oh, what do you look like, Hila? Well, you know, um, my skin is about the color of brown pine straw. That's a clue. I'm female. I did not have one professor at the University of South Carolina who was female and with brown skin like me. Not one. Not one in the math department. The whole math department didn't have one. Um, Which was, for me, that was the biggest difference that other people experienced because growing up, my very first elementary school was a school founded by Mary McLeod Bethune and the entire school was predominantly black. All my teachers were black. I don't remember there was a white teacher at all. And I'm not saying this to, you know, be funny or anything or to be, uh, sound like I'm prejudiced, but I felt so much love at that school. The teachers acted like they believed in us and they weren't just acting. They really did believe in us. They really did hold us in high esteem. And when we moved from that area and I went to my very first mixed race school and I had my very first white teacher, I didn't get that experience from the first few that I had. Like, so that was in elementary school. I I can't remember if there was any that did feel that way about me. It wasn't until I got to sixth grade. And I remember my sixth grade English teacher, Miss Haney, Mrs. Haney at Alice Drive Middle School. She, I felt love from her and she believed in us, all of us. Like she, you, you could tell that she genuinely cared about our well-being and she genuinely cared about our education. She genuinely cared about the subject matter that she was teaching, um, which was a beautiful, beautiful thing for me. And then, you know, I'm skipping over some things. So if I, if I forget somebody that's not done on purpose, I just remember Miss Jefferson, my eighth grade math teacher, <clears throat> again, another one that genuinely believed in us, but Miss Jefferson looked like me. So I had a lot of middle school teachers who looked like me. So Miss Jefferson, of course, that taught me that people who looked like me believed in me more than people who didn't look like me. It was never verbalized. No one ever said it out loud, but that was my experience, which is why Limitless Like Me came about. Limitless Like Me, when I decided that I am limitless, my desire is for my students to feel limitless like me. I decided I wasn't gonna put myself in a box. I decided I was going to believe in anything that I just set my mind to do, to do. I decided I was going to believe in me. I decided I was going to put no limits on myself. There is no limit for me. And that's my desire for my children or my students 
is to have them feel like they're limitless, just like me. Um, yeah, just like me. And when it just so happens that all my students look like me. I had one boy, but the rest of them look like me. So I can relate to them. The other thing that popped up with one of my students, she was a high school student. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, how, do, how did I get to tutoring? Uh, how to get well I never stopped tutoring because again in high school I tutored in college I helped uh, some of my classmates with whatever they had needed help with in math and even as a software developer web developer computer programmer as my profession my neighbors would send their children to my house and I would tutor them in algebra geometry trigonometry all those high school level math classes um yeah, middle school and elementary school, not my thing. But the high school, definitely my thing, especially algebra, geometry, algebra one and two, and trigonometry. So they would come to my house and I would tutor them there. That never stopped, even while I was working, you know, even, even while I was going a, a nine to five writing software for other people, writing websites and stuff. That never stopped. The last church I was a member of, uh, I was a youth minister, and I ran their homework help hotline. The students at the church would get, the high school students would get <laughs> homework help from me. Mostly math homework help, too. I'm Now, just because I'm promoting math, that does not mean that I was not good in English. As a matter of fact, I was in the, what do you call it, accelerated English classes, advanced English classes, and did well. So that doesn't mean that I'm not good at both. I could do both. I just like math better. And geometry is by far my most favorite, 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 favorite subject. By far my most favorite subject. Um, yeah, so that's what qualifies me to be the expert in algebra, geometry, algebra two. Um, so what I do now with my students is a lot, I've, I found that a lot of people have anxiety when it comes to math or they have fear about math and they have low confidence when it comes to math. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, if, if it's society or what. My goal is to help them overcome the anxiety. My goal is to give them confidence in math. My goal is to help my students feel like they truly are limitless, just like me, when it comes to math. So in all of my sessions, I start every session with the meditation and I teach mindfulness to my students and I have mindfulness techniques that I use in our math sessions. You know, we, we take our time. I'm not doing mad minute math because math is not mad. Okay, why would you be mad at math anyway? Why would math need to be mad? You know, the, the mad minute math. No, we don't do that. We take our time with it. And just because someone can do mental math quickly in their head doesn't mean that they're better at math than someone who takes a little bit longer to do mental math in their head. That doesn't mean that, you know, one person is smarter than the other person because of how fast they can do mental math. It's just 
the calculations are just working faster. That's it. And sometimes they're not always correct. Yes. Sometimes they're not always correct. But I say all that to say... um, I really, really enjoy what I'm doing now. I'm having so much fun with my students. I'm having so much fun with combining the mindfulness and the meditation with our lessons. I'm having so much fun helping them get rid of their anxiety and giving them the tools and tricks and tips and techniques to overcome any type of anxiety they might have in math and giving them confidence in themselves. And part of having a student have confidence in themselves is on my end. I have to look like I believe in them. Just like Miss Jefferson believed in me. Just like Miss Haney believed in me. Just like Miss Reese believed in me. Just like everybody at the Mary McLeod Bethune Elementary School in Maysville, South Carolina believed in me. I have to exemplify that to my students. And when a child, high school student, teenager, anybody, when they have a group of people who really believe in them and who are demonstrating that they believe in them and who are embodying that belief in them, they can do so much. They really, really can. And that helps them overcome any anxiety that they might have. That helps That helps put the fear out the door and send the fear back to where it came from because fear is not allowed in my classroom. I understand that students bring fear, but once I sniff that fear out, I'm going to love on that child. I'm going to give them all the tools they need so that the fear is going to run. Ha! Get out of here, fear. (sighs) Yeah. And that was just my little writ rant for today. Not really a rant, but it's an introduction to who I am. I'm Keela. I love math. You know, and even though this podcast is called Limitless Living, I will be talking about math and mindful techniques more and more in the podcast. Just to let y'all know what's going on. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain how it works. First of all, it's free. I don't know of anything that's easier than free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your your computer. You can do it all from your phone or your computer, whichever you choose. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you. So your podcast can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You don't have to do that. Anchor does it all. And you make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. You can have one listener and you're making money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Oh, I was saying about the thing that popped up with one of my high school students that I had been tutoring algebra that was last year. 
high school and she it was her first time going to public school after being unschooled for a number of years her algebra teacher did not speak clear english what y'all doing out there america were you putting people in the classroom with our students and our students do not understand their thick accent of their teachers their teachers thick accents like there was a language barrier it's not just and it's not always just the accent sometimes it's a language barrier based on the type of english the person speaks whose english might be their third fourth or fifth language their english might be different um so that's an issue i don't know how this became such a common thing but i'm running across it more and more where students are coming to me saying well my teacher doesn't speak good english or like what <laughs> how did that happen isn't that people who speak english as their first language and who have um a grasp of it and who understand english and who can communicate properly they're not going in education what's up with that i know they're out there i just think that y'all just don't want to hire them okay i'm going to stop there it's what you've always dreamed of you started your own business you have no boss you are the boss you are the ceo my god no one told you there would be so much admin work. Reality check. Running your own business is hard, but HoneyBook makes it easy. If you started your own business, you are your own boss. But along with being the CEO, you're also the accountant, marketing manager, creative director, executive assistant, and many more titles. If you don't do it, it doesn't get done. And if you need help doing it all, you need HoneyBook. In business, there are the big picture people and the people that bring those dreams into reality. But you're a freelancer or you run your own business. You have to be both. If you need help with the day-to-day, -day, HoneyBook has the tools you need to get everything done. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. It's perfect for independents, freelancers, entrepreneurs, or small business owners that want to consolidate services they already use. Services like QuickBooks, Google Suite, Excel, MailChimp, all of those things. With HoneyBook, you can automate your busy work. They have easy to use templates for emails, proposals, brochures, contracts, and invoices. They also have e-signatures and built-in automation to save you time and get you paid faster. Simplify your to-do list and stay in control with HoneyBook. HoneyBook is a smart business management system that helps independent small business owners simplify their process and grow their business. With tools like lead management, contract and invoice templates, client communications and online payments, you can provide professional client experience that showcases your brand so you stand out every time. 
You can get started with 50% off your first year when you visit share.honeybook.com slash limitless like me. Membership options are flexible and this amazing promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to share.honeybook.com slash limitless like me for 50% off your first year. That's share.honeybook.com slash limitless like me. You have been listening to Limitless Living with Keela Howard. If you listened all the way to the end, thank you, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate you. Um, Just tune in again. If you have questions, you can hit the button uh, within Anchor. You can like add a comment or question and it's a voice message. You can send me an actual voice message and I will respond to you. Um, I've already received some questions about previous podcasts, so I'm taking note of the questions and I will create an entire podcast to answer your questions. Uh, Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your week, weekend, whatever time of day it is. And go on out there and be limitless like me. Because you got it.